Welcome to Podcast Marketing Secrets, the place for entrepreneurs, coaches, and CEOs who are looking to grow their business with a podcast, become a key person of influence in their industry, and get their ideal clients to come to them, also known as Attraction Marketing. I'm your host, Al Morenton. My guest today is Christopher Weir. Chris is a video producer with over 20 years of experience in the industry. Chris's company, Kleber Creative, has created B2B animations, sales presentations, and commercials seen by millions and now works with business owners to help them create their own videos, and he only cares about results. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, Al. It is great to be here. Awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about you. Like, How, how did you get into the, the video? So I got into video in the mid nineties because I was, uh, uh, you know, into watching like Kevin Smith and clerks and, uh, uh, Quinn Tarantino movies. And I was like, I want to be one of those guys and, uh, went to school for theater actually, and started studying directing theater. And I couldn't really do any film at that uh at the at the university of illinois because they canceled their film program because it was between film and digital at that point they hadn't really gotten a digital uh studio yet so i got out of college and started making my own movies and then was like okay i think i could actually do this as a job and so i started working for small companies and then about 10 years ago started my own company that's awesome that's awesome. And uh, now you work mainly business to business companies. Yes, that is the vast majority of our work. Um, uh, a lot of it now is you know small, medium sized businesses who are trying to figure out how to get into making their own content and uh, sort of facilitating that to one level or another, um, either either just taking their content and repurposing it for them or actually coaching them through like, how do I make something? Like, how do I make a series of things? Right on. Awesome. So, uh, so, so you hear that a lot, you know, like creating content and even content creators and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so um, why do you think it uh, like it's important for B2B businesses to be, you know, be creating content and have a content strategy? It is, uh, in some ways, it's it's scaling yourself. You know, um, you each each business owner has a unique uh, amount of information and strategy and uh, experience. And when you go to a networking group, you can talk to six people at that hour and a half and give them that information. When you create content, you can talk to 6 million. So it just, it makes a lot of sense to take the knowledge in your head and find a way to get it out to people because that's essentially what you're going to do when you go and network and, and, and meet people anyway. So you might as well do it at scale. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, so, so, uh, you work with, um, a lot of like, uh, like intro kind of videos and explainer kind of videos. We have done a lot of explainer videos. Uh, we that that for a while was like very very popular for sales videos, and we still do some of those. Okay. Um, 
I think for for most companies that have a unique product or service, I think an explainer video is, you know, it's like a no brainer. Like you should definitely have that. It should be in the footer of every email. If that's the main thing that you're pushing. Like here's how our thing works. Like here's what it is. And, uh, you know, I think a number of companies have even used that before they've had a product. I think Dropbox was maybe the first one where they hadn't even built the app yet. And their their minimum viable product was this little animated video that went, what if you could have your file on your computer and your phone at the same time? And people were like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, but they didn't have the app yet. They just made a video talking about what they wanted to build. And so um, for, for a lot of people, that makes a lot of sense to have that. So we do those. Um, the thing that I think has been a bigger piece of our work has been now helping people create a video content strategy and going, well, what the heck do I talk about every single week? And how do I manage my time to do that? Uh, because it sounds like a lot to bite off, but I think, uh, if you're doing it right, uh, it's no more than a couple of hours a, a month. And then you have all of your content for, for the month, which is usually pretty reasonable. Is that because um, you get that main content and then you chop it up into other bits or? Depending on what it is, um, some of our clients do make podcasts, but usually where I recommend people start if they have never done anything, because like, you know, doing a podcast is a pretty substantial piece of content. It's, it's 20, 30 minutes or more. Um, I usually recommend if people haven't done anything ever and they just want to get their feet wet is to start with a little short vlog, which is usually just a couple of minutes worth of video and say exactly what you want to say to your network. Obviously you don't want to just come in and start advertising and going, Hey, I got a special for five ninety nine. Like, come on down. <laughs> you want to talk about the value that you can bring and the value you do bring and all those things. Um, but that's usually where I re recommend folks think about starting. Uh, if they've never done anything before, start start with a vlog. Right on. And are there any special skills that are needed? You just need to have a face <laughs> and a voice. <laughs> um, those would be the only special skills I would say you need. Some people come into it and they just have the knack for it. They just um, are talented. Like they, they can just talk even better than I can. Like some, some, some of our clients can just talk for, for five or 10 minutes straight in depth about their area of expertise or about the news in that area without interruption. When I record my vlogs, I need to stop probably five or six times and pick up where I left off because I'll trip over my words and I'll make a mistake. And I'll go, oh, I kind of want to say that better. Um, so yes, the only thing you need is just you. And then you have to figure out where you're at as far as your skill versus your talent. And if you have talent, then you're kind of off to the races. You can learn it as a skill. You can learn how to not have to go back to the very beginning of your video and go, Hey guys, it's me. And then do the whole thing again. You can figure out how something will cut together and then you can have it have like a two minute video recorded in five or six minutes. 
Right on. Uh, uh, that makes sense. So, um, and then is there like a special sauce as far as uh, like how much content you need to push out each week or each month? I typically recommend if you are in like the B2B space, I recommend one video a week. Mm-hmm. And depending on how niche your business is, at least one other piece of content. For me, because my company is a video production company, we really only need the one video a week. And that is the presence that brings people to us. That is what keeps me top of mind with people is one video a week. Um, There's people out there like, oh, you need to have three posts a day. I don't really recommend that because I feel like um, it's very challenging to create a really high level of value if you're trying to scale that much content. And I really uh, prefer that people focus on one really good thing, do that, do that over and over again, and then add one other really good thing. Maybe it is a uh, article, maybe it is your newsletter, whatever, but pick one thing and and do it really, really, really well and then add and and keep growing. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, because you see so many people these days trying to do that, you know, like, you know, new content every day, if not multiple times a day. And, and then it's just like a little flash in the pan and it's there for a few seconds and it's gone and doing one thoughtful piece each week. And then if, if anything else, you know, maybe marketing into that piece or something, you know, right. Um, right. But actually getting value, uh, to people from the piece that you made, you, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think, um, there's folks out there that encourage people like, Oh, you should be doing all this, all this content. And, um, I think to some extent the idea, the encouragement to get more business people getting comfortable making content is good. But I do think people can, uh, take that advice and then run with it and and then burn out and go, this didn't work. I spent, you know, a month making two pieces of things, content a day. I didn't get any results. And it's like, well, yeah, you maybe like drowned your audience in your content. So like split the difference. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and it can get discouraging if you're doing that, that, that much, but you know, but if you, like you said, have like an actual strategy that's well thought out and you have, you know, like proper expectations of where it's going to go and where it's going to take you and all that, then that, um, you have something to lean on, you know, and, and refer right. back to and, and say, hey, I'm, you know, keeping on the right path. Yep. And you, I mean, you will have pieces of content that do better than others and that's fine. But it's like, it's, I think it's a reasonable amount of content to make for the average person where they actually have the time. They can actually think about it. They can step back and, and look at it and measure it and go, did that work? Did it not? Should I do more of that? Should I not? Et cetera. Yeah. So speaking of that, like is, is, uh, what kinds of things uh, should people talk about? Usually, I recommend people start with three core areas. And obviously, one of those is going to be about their business. But the other two don't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, it's generally my rule of thumb is like, if you care about it, that's all that matters. Don't think too much about 
oh, is this going to get a great result? Or I did an article two weeks ago and it got a thousand, you know, impressions. And then my last one last week only got 500. So I should probably do something like the first one. No, if you care about it, if you believe in what you're talking about, that's all that really matters. Uh, because that is what then attracts people who are like you and who like the same things. So depending on the niche, um, one of my clients is an industrial engineering consultant. And a lot of his clients are CEOs who run, you know, mid-level manufacturing companies. There's not a ton of those people out there. So he also talks about some things that are just interesting to him as far as his family life, et cetera. And so that then brings in people who are like, oh, I'm a family person. I have struggling with, you know, we're about to become empty nesters, et cetera, whatever. Those affinity topics bring people in and get you known as the industrial engineering consultant in your network. Because up until working with him, I didn't really know what industrial engineering is. Now I can tell you all kinds of things about it. And that then allows me to refer him to the right person in my network. So usually I, I tell people like, let's talk through some ideas. Let's find out what you're interested in. It could be sports. It could be family. It could be hobbies, whatever. It could be politics. It could be uh, environmental issues, whatever it is. And come back to that topic regularly and then you become the person who's interested in the same thing that your audience is. And then they know a little bit more about what you do professionally. For sure. For sure. So you, um, you know, so, so you just speak from your authentic self and, um, and that can position you as like an authority figure or keepers of influence in your industry. And then you attract, you know, like-minded individuals as well that you will most likely enjoy working with, et cetera, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that was been the biggest surprise that I found because I took forever to get in front of the camera. You know, I, like I said, I've been doing this for a while now, uh, probably been working professionally for, you know, 18 years now. And it took me until... Uh, three years ago to get in front of the camera and start talking about what I thought about these things. And I didn't really know that how important that attraction piece was going to be uh, as far as the clients that came to me and, and that I work with now uh, we just get along really well. Like it, it's, it's less work because they choose you before they've met you. They choose you based upon, yes, your knowledge, but also because they like your style. They like the way that you work. Um, and you have just like a easy, a more easy working relationship than just somebody who's like, hey, I need a video. You, can you make it? You know? Yeah. 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 It's it's way less of a grind. You know, like, like you're not doing battle. You know, it's a, it's a, it has to do with that attraction marketing, right? Where And, and the people almost... They pre-sell themselves, and this is like by the time by the time you talk to them, right? Yeah, like so, I need this, and you're like, okay, great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so it's a much more enjoyable way to to do business for sure. Yes, I'm really glad that I don't have to cold call because uh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Probably yeah. could, but I just wouldn't be as happy. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
So, um, and then speaking of like, like it took you, you know, like, so, you know, a while to be able to get, you know, that transition where you're in front of the camera. So, um, for the business owners out there, the B2B people, like, um, what, what's a good strategy for them to get started like sooner than later? My advice, if you're going to do it on your own is to just do it, like write down 10 frequently asked questions that you get about your business and then write down 10 questions that people don't ask you, but you really wish they would. And often those 10 questions that you're not getting asked, but you really wish somebody would ask you is the meatiest kind of content. And uh, I always go back to the first video I made for LinkedIn was why should you be making videos for LinkedIn? People would always come and say, I would like to make a video. How much does it cost? What's the process? Where do we begin? What do I have to do? But they didn't ask why. And I really wanted to talk about my reasons for that. And that got a great reaction. I was like, okay, so I got to make more videos because people really wanted to hear my take on why they should be doing a video. So those, those 10 uh, questions that you're not being asked can lead to some really good results. Then I would recommend just pick up your camera. You don't even have to have a, a, a tripod. You can literally just pick up your phone, hold it arm's length away from you and answer three or four of those questions. And then go back and look at those videos and go, what do I think? You know, if I saw this in my feed, would I stop and watch it? And if you think there's even a remote chance that you would, post one and see what people say and just be honest about it and go, hey, I'm trying something new. I'm going to put out a video a week for, for a month and I'm going to look at the results and see what happens. And when you do that, especially if the video is not perfect, which it shouldn't be, people lean in a little bit and they go, wow, this person is putting themselves out there. They're really like taking a risk. Like we don't, we, we all know it's kind of scary to be on a video, especially your first one. And if you do that, people will say, okay, I'm going to give them a chance. And then if you do that the next week and you show up again, it's just like going to a networking event. You can't, you're not going to get your client on the very first day. Uh, you're going to get your client on the sixth time that you were there or the 20th time that you were there. That's when you're someone's going to say, let's actually work together. So you do have to do it routinely, but I would say do it for a month and look at your results, look at the comments, look at the views. And if you're, if you like the direction it's going, keep going. But I really do advise people start to just do it, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not perfect, because I'm sure as you know, the piece of content that you make that you think is just going to knock it out of the park is rarely the one that does. It's oftentimes the one that you're like, oh, this is kind of a throwaway, actually. I wasn't even planning on posting it, but I didn't have anything to post this week, so I put it out there. And then it's like people loved it for whatever reason that you couldn't predict. So uh, I think it's just get started mentality, and then you can sort of refine and change your direction from there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and yeah, yeah, and you can never plan, you know, which which one is going to do the best. That's that's for sure. Yeah. No. And um, and, and I was, you know, there's a couple of people, people that I follow and that are mentors of mine, and uh, they, they say that like these days people do so much research that they shop different, and they need to they do like seven hours of content 
you know, on, on a business, it can, they devour that and uh, through like 11 different interactions on four different platforms, you know, so, you know, that's why you have to do multi-platform and, and put, and, and one of the big reasons to put out content is because if you don't have it out there to consume, they're going to just go to the other person that does, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of eye-opening um, just how much we need to be hit over the head, even sometimes with the same message. Mm-hmm. And to, to that other point too, is that if you are creating some of that content, you can also get this extra benefit right off of somebody who is doing that research, right? And maybe they are looking at your competitors. Um, and maybe your competitors are saying similar things that, that you are, but they might spend, you know, two of those hours looking at their stuff, five of those hours looking at your stuff. And you still get the benefit of those two hours they were researching whatever they want to do from that competitor. They just decided to go with you because they liked your style and they liked the way you talk and the way that you teach or the way you like talk about your results. So the things can work in concert as well, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, in the marketing world, we call that like using other people's ad spend, you know, because you have your stuff on point and they so and, and like a, the other person that, you know, they, they put somebody through the funnel and then there's a kink in their armor and they find you and then like, oh, this, this person's on point and they're, they're not starting up here again. They're they're starting from where they were at down in the funnel already and they're going to buy. So, right. Right. And yeah. to me, like, I don't. I don't know how you think about it, but I don't even really think about competition because there's so many opportunities. There's so many people to work like, like if we got like four new clients in a month, that'd be too much. I'd have to turn down one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's so many, there's so many opportunities out there. It's like, it's like, like why not even, why not make stuff? Because, your your content is going to dovetail off of somebody else's. It doesn't really matter who they end up with because there's just like a law of abundance, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that goes back to like what you were saying earlier, just about being your authentic self, you know, in front of the camera. And then you attract the people, you know, that are can resonate with that and, and your life is golden as opposed to just trying to spray it out and trying to get everybody and, your message gets diluted and you actually get less business that way. Yeah, it's right. crazy. Um, so what, one question I have about video, um, it, it, you know, cause we know the importance and that we should be putting out content uh, in a variety of ways, you know, but um, so, as, so is there uh, a difference between posting on YouTube and LinkedIn and uh, like, sh- should you, is it is it okay to post that same video on YouTube and LinkedIn, or should you do two different videos for two different platforms? I really recommend customizing your content for that platform and trying to get in the mentality of the person who is on that platform. So, people on LinkedIn, uh, oftentimes their time is very short. If they are there, they might be there to network and maybe promote themselves or post their own post for that day and you know, comment on a few others, reply to a few others, and then they're off. They're going to a meeting, they're gonna go to lunch, they're gonna get some work done, whatever. 
And so their time is very short. So you do want to keep your content much, much shorter for LinkedIn. YouTube is been, it's actually YouTube is in a really interesting space right now where their main focus is long form content. Like they really want to keep people around watching a 20, 30 minute video or more. And they want to really be in the same space to some degree as like Netflix. Like they want you to decide, well, what are we going to watch tonight? Is it going to be YouTube videos or is it going to be Netflix? You don't really do that on your TV with TikTok and sit down and watch TikToks as as a group. Um, But at the same time, they also have shorts and the shorts they're promoting even more than the long form videos because they know that's how people get into content. So you could easily... Uh, make a longer piece of content, make a tutorial video about how your process works, how your software works, how your client interactions work, whatever, and then chop that up and use those excerpts as both your YouTube shorts and your LinkedIn video. But I, I do see people post their whole video from YouTube just on LinkedIn and be like, hey guys, here's my whole video. <laughs> I can guarantee you the click through on that is very, very minimal because people in the mindset on LinkedIn are not like, oh, I want to sit down and watch a 15-minute YouTube video. No, they're like, okay, cool, great YouTube video. I'll think about it. And then they forget about it. So, But if they see the 15-second version or the 45-second version of it, and it's really providing value, it's like the best nugget you can get, then they might say, okay, that really piqued my interest. I want to go to their YouTube channel. I will subscribe. I will watch this later. I don't have time right now. But it gets them, you know, gets your foot in the door. So I really recommend making that content specifically for the platform. Um, There is some overlap there that you can say, oh, I'm going to double up my YouTube short for LinkedIn. We'll just see how that works. Sometimes that's fine. Um, But each platform has its own unique style and vibe. And if you don't acknowledge that, you kind of come across as a little tone deaf sometimes. And then people are like, you're not really a part of this community. You don't really know what LinkedIn <laughs> is about. So I ignore, you know, you get ignored that way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I, like, I've been guilty of that, you know, like um, where, where, you know, you make the cool YouTube video or whatever, like, Hey, that's a cool thumbnail too, whatever. And, and you just like post the link on, on LinkedIn. You know, hey, go check out my video. Cause you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, build your YouTube channel, but, it makes more sense that it, you know, you, you post ones that are, you know, in, in the style and the voice of LinkedIn and then up, uploaded natively to the platform. And, the, you know, LinkedIn would most likely show that to more people that way, et cetera. So you could actually get more eyeballs doing it that way. Yep. It is, it is, uh, as you know, it is, it is, um, it's it's not a small amount of work creating your own content, going from doing your work to then creating content around your work. Because it's it's like you've got to do my work, and then I also have to like talk about doing my work. <laughs> but if you start small with something that's manageable, you can build over time, you know, and and start to add more and more things. But I think people either go one direction or the other. They go, I'm never going to do it. It's not for me. I don't have time. Or they go, I'm going all in. I'm going to do everything all at once. And then that doesn't work and they burn out and they stop making content. It's like, it's just start small and build incrementally. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I come from like a fitness and wellness background, and you see that it's because business and wellness and weight loss is all f- fairly similar. And you see that like people come in, you know, they want to lose weight, and they okay, I'm going to work out seven days a week, twice a day, and blah blah blah. It's like just commit to twice. If you get three times, that's a bonus, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, if you miss one day out of the week, you're a failure, you know. It's a, you know, so it's it's all perspective and keeping yourself able to be mentally motivated to to um, have consistency in the game, right? Right. Yeah. I uh, I really don't like working out. It is not something I ever really look forward to, other than playing tennis. I do like playing tennis, but it's harder in the winter. But I try and be consistent and do, if I can, 100 push-ups a day. I'm not always consistent with that, but I try. And anybody can fit in. That's like four minutes of workout time, really. Like if you if you break it up into like 25, you know, push-ups, it's four minutes. Anyone's got four minutes. And if I don't do that, then I do feel really bad because I'm like, I know I had the time yesterday. I didn't do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, for... For those that, um, you know, are, you know, they're B2B, they're, you know, reaching a certain level of success and, you know, you have some value to put out to the world, um, but they don't have a lot of time. That's that's where someone like you would come in, you know, you and your company. So, um, like, who do you like to work with and uh, what, like, what's what's the process of working with a, with a um, video production company? Sure. So usually uh, what we do to start is we just have a, a, a hour and a half interview where I sit down with clients and say, let's talk about, I've got a whole list of questions that we go through. And sometimes those are related to their work some, and some, sometimes they're not. But I want to just kind of get a really broad sense of who they are and what they're interested in, what they're up to, what they're researching, what they've learned about, where they went to school, all these different things. And from that, then we kind of outline their first four vlogs. And we give them that content and say, you can do with this what you will. Like if you want to record these vlogs on your own, go for it. If you want to work with us, um, we can help you record them. Um, Excuse me. most of the work that we do now when we're working with vlogging clients is over uh, a conference call like this. Um, we use Riverside or we use StreamYard and we help the clients get their camera set up and then we say, okay, let's walk through the vlog. Um, sometimes people record on their own. They just send us the footage. That's totally fine too. Um, but basically that's it. And the types of people that we're usually looking to work with are companies where it is not necessarily a solopreneur. We do have some solopreneurs, um, but usually they they have a maybe a small team, but they maybe are their main salesperson, and they've never really decided like, oh, I need to go hire a salesperson because so like oh, I'm the person who does the work. I really know how to do the work. A salesperson wouldn't know how to sell this, and so they're kind of wearing a number of different hats but they're trying to figure out how to get more results from their process, from their sales process. And they, you know, they may not be, maybe they do a newsletter or something like that, but they, they maybe don't have time for articles. And so I find the videos are a little bit easier for some folks because they can just talk. They talk all day about what they do. And all I have to do now is just talk to a camera and talk about that same stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, 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 those are some great insights there for sure. 
Um, so I, I know there's like some people that uh, when they start, they have to do it a certain way because out of necessity, like some people, they have more time than money and they have to put in the sweat equity. Some people have more money than time and they need to hire someone, you know, with, with, with a service such as yours. But um, assuming that you had the time and the money, um, what what's the best way to start? Is it, is it would you just start like you want to be as successful as possible and sort of like you know um get there sooner than later uh, would, would you just start with someone uh with a service like yours or do you recommend they get their feet wet first and then come to you i would say that if you have a little bit of budget it's i think it's worth usually to work with us um and and that I think is generally uh, my advice to anybody with a business is like you know if you have the budget yes you can make a website yourself but is that the best use of your time probably not um, most websites now too uh, or a lot of web designers right are working on Wix or they're working on. Squarespace or something like that. So they can build you a beautiful website that then you can go in and update. And that's usually what I recommend. I say, you know, work with us, work with us for three months. Let's make some great content. And after three months, let's look at it all and go, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to keep doing a video a week for every month? A lot of times people say yes. Do you want to just take these skills and this knowledge and now make a video when you feel like it on your own terms and hire somebody on Fiverr and have it branded that way, that's fine too. Um, but I do think that there is a, an advantage to working with a professional as you get started because you will learn from their mistakes as opposed to making all those mistakes yourself, which just does take time. And trust me, I've made some, I've made every mistake you can make and I will be happy to talk about them in detail. Um, and some of them are painful, right? Where you're like, oh, I really uh, I shouldn't have made that video then. I should have made that six months from <laughs> what have you, you know. So it's uh it's however people want to work, but um I I think it's a it's a good investment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the you know, there's two things like the speed of implementation is greatly accelerated, and then the time to value, you know, uh, that you're gonna get from it, you know, like like actually reaping the rewards is greatly accelerated as well by going to a professional such as yourself, you know, so, so I, I recommend that, that, that too, you know, if, if you have the resources, then, you know, then, then buy the speed, you know? Yes. It's worth it to get a faster start because I, I, I also, and I'm sure maybe you've experienced this, right? Like they say, everything works, but not everything works for everybody. And if I'm working with somebody who I'm like, you know what? Video is not, for you it's just not for you like you would be better off writing articles you'd be better off with your email list or or doing google ads or whatever it is i will tell people because um you know we all as business owners you try a bunch of different things and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't and sometimes it's because you didn't do it right or you didn't do it to the best possible way you could or you didn't start it right and then it kind of got off 
Uh, and sometimes it's just like, well, this doesn't, this isn't the best thing for my business or it's not the best thing for my business right now because we don't have the right, um, you know, alignment in our offering, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, you, you know, it's like, it, it's nice to hear, I think, honesty where <laughs> so well, I think one of the worst things that happens, especially on LinkedIn is to get ignored. Um, on other platforms, and then maybe this is more true back in like, you know, 10 years ago when the internet was like a little bit rougher, but in other platforms, people will tell you when you suck. Those are like, this video sucks. <laughs> Why did you make it? On LinkedIn, that doesn't happen, right? They just get ignored, but then you may not know why people don't like it and then you can spend more time and more energy wondering whereas if you do have somebody who's on your side who's going like yeah that was not good that bored the hell out of me uh we need to redo it then you have some feedback immediately to go okay i'm glad i didn't put that out that way yeah for sure that that that's uh that's key yeah and mm -hmm. um i I had that when there was a person that was doing a documentary on me a few years back and she, she was a producer, you know, and, and, she, and she, you know, she, she was the one that would get me ready for camera and, and we would do stuff. And I was like, I thought it was awesome. And she's like, no, oh, got to do that over, like over, 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 over. Like, and I was like, man, like <laughs> you're brutal. But like, but like she did bring out the best of me, you know, like, so have, having just that, you know, is, is like crazy valuable. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I I have perfected the phrase. That was great. Can we just do one more? <laughs> and they always go, you said one more the last time. I'm like, I know, but I'd love to have just one more. <laughs> right. Uh, that's awesome. So um, where do you see the future like a video production moving forward as we start to enter 2024? Oh, it's going to get weird. Uh, it's going to get real weird. Uh, so we are currently experimenting with an app called HeyGen, which is so far the most realistic AI video app that I've seen. And you can still tell that it's not really the person talking, but your brain is like being tricked pretty well where it's going we've 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 put these on uh you know customized intros for for some outdown video messages and um when i show it to people they they just they think it's really me you know and then they go oh there was a cut there where i could see that it was it was a different video and still you talking but i'm like yeah but that first clip was that's ai that's completely generated. Like it's not my voice. It's AI voice. It's AI image of me. Um, and that's only going to increase like that. That is only going to get better in the next five years, probably. Uh, so it's a very interesting place to be playing because um, pretty soon we're going to have videos that can be indiscernible from real videos and so that means that what's exciting about that is that the creativity that you bring to your content is only going to need to get better like you're going to have to do more interesting things more fun things find ways to get your message across that um sort of jolts people out of their normal haze of like 
<laughs> watching content. And on top of that, uh, there will probably be a lot of people doing it poorly, right? So then there's an opportunity to create real content um, that automatically stands out because it will probably will be a flood of uh, of AI generated video that people people think they're going to get be able to get away just like email spam right like you know we had email then figure out people people figured out you can spam people and then it became spam filters so uh, things are going to get different and and weird and I I love innovation and change and so I'm you know I like playing in that space. Uh, not abusing it, but but definitely um, experimenting with it. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because you have to, you know, you only have so much time as a business owner, but you need to start, start, sort of try to keep up with the times, you know. And it, it's uh, there's a there's a book that was written, you know, like twenty or so years ago, like called "Who Moved My Cheese." You know, so like, like you need to keep up with the times, and or or else you're you know you're not going to be able to find that cheese anymore, you know. And uh, um, and it sort of reminds me too of a few years back, like literally four or five, six years ago, maybe maybe a couple more years later than that. That where one of my friends, he's a super huge marketer in the you know online space, and he he was like, uh, I think TikTok was just coming out. And and they were doing all those jump cuts and all the different things that you know were previously high level editors were only able to do that you know and then the software changed where anybody could do it and he was like you got these teenage girls doing this and that and they used to cost thousands of dollars to you know pay editors to do this and and it's crazy and blah 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 and and, and you needed to be able to do that I'm, like, I'm not gonna want to be able to do all that stuff I don't need to do that like and all of a sudden now today it's like you know it's it's commonplace you know it's, it's crazy it is it is and the 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 thing that i love about the b2b space though is that you can have all these fancy tricks and these fancy cuts and then graphics and we do a lot of graphics for our clients but at the end of the day for true b2b sales it really is just about getting in front of somebody and just talking about your message. You have to be succinct. You have to value their time, but editing tricks and production is not going to save you. It is the message that has to be the meat. And when people have really good messages, they don't need a lot of flair. Um, so it is, it is, a, it is, it's very interesting, you know, because you do have like we we have to keep innovating, and I really do enjoy making more creative stuff. But um, I usually tell people, I'm just like, if you're passionate about it, if you believe in it, talk, and like that video will do its own work. Yeah, for sure, and, and that's sort of relates back to that spam filter thing you were talking about. You know, just just because you have some cool AI doesn't mean you're gonna sell. You need to have like some substance behind, the, you know, and, and a good message and. And be right. deliver it properly, all that kind of stuff. That's that's super right. cool. Um, so what's what's the one thing or one big idea that people should take away from this interview? My advice would be if you have never, and probably by this time, right, you've made some kind of video, but if you haven't made a video talking about why your work is important, make that video and you know, spend uh five minutes making a few notes and, and then just try and make that video and say, here's why I believe my work is important. 
And if you like it, if you think it, it's it's reasonable to watch, if it's a couple minutes long, post it and see what people say. That would be my my end call to action here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. That's that's super awesome. So, well, thank you for coming on the show, sharing all your insights with us about you know video video production. It's super awesome. Um, what's what's the best way for people to get a hold of you or people to find you? I would say find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search my first and last name, Chris Weir, C-H-R-I-S-W-E-I-H-E-R. Uh, three pronouns in my last name, we, I, her. Uh, and uh, I'm always happy to connect and um, have conversations with people. And I try and give as much free advice as I can and uh, just help people get started. Awesome, awesome. And we'll be sure to put your links uh, in the show notes below the, the, the video and audio. Super cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cool. Well, that concludes this episode of Podcast Marketing Secrets. This is Al Morenton signing off. I hope you have a successful day.